here on Aunt Smitten on Sin Nation this Sunday the 22nd of May with Lauren and Andrew and we have two very special guests in the studio joining us. We do indeed. We have Lenka van der Boom, a newbie to, to Sin and Sin Nation. We're very, very lucky to have her here on the show. She is part of Melbourne Playback Theatre Company. Um, she's one of their ensemble members uh, but more importantly she's the creative director of Sticks and Stones. Lenka, welcome to Arts Mitten. Thank you. This is very exciting. Very exciting. Well, we're very excited to have you here. Uh, well, firstly, Sticks and Stones. Can you tell us what this event is and what audiences can expect from this event? Absolutely. Uh, Sticks and Stones on the Birrarung Ma is um, it's an opportunity for to hear stories of First Nations placemaking, culture and legacy. We've got four panellists um, in the first part of the show, um, which will then be followed by a Q&A with them, one of whom is Bruce Pascoe, the recent award-winning author of uh, Dark Emu, Black Seeds. Another is Jill Gallagher, uh, AO. She's the CEO of Varcho, which is a peak health um, Aboriginal health organisation for Victoria. All of the panellists uh, and a number of the people involved in the project are Victorian Aboriginal people. This was Melbourne Playback's sort of commitment to, I guess, to giving back. We're quite a mainstream, quite middle class, originally very white Australian um, organisation and over the last couple of years, five years progressively, we've become a lot more, um, I guess, diverse ethnically but also culturally and really making an effort to, to educate ourselves. And by doing so, um, yeah, we, we've sort of reached out with some amazing organisations in Victoria. For this particular public show, the second public show for the year, uh, we've reached out to Aboriginal organisations, incredible public speakers uh, who are uh, from nations throughout Victoria, Gunditjmara, Gunai, a number of Bunurung and Woiwurrung people were involved in the advisory and um, the panel originally. Unfortunately, um, Carolyn Martin was unable to be- participate as a panellist this time, but she'll definitely come on board in the future. Yeah, so very exciting. And as creative director of this event, how did you go about actually selecting the the members of the panel? Because... Yes, how, how, do, how do you go through that process? Do people have to apply to, to be on the panel or do you approach them and say, look, this is what I'd like to do, I really like your, your background? And Yeah, well, I've been really fortunate to be uh, given the gift of being the creative director for this particular production. So really, I love native flora and fauna, really interested in edible and medicinal plants. So for me, the perfect fit was uh, Bruce Pascoe, I'd read his book, Dark Emu. I'd also read a book called Earth. His writing is fantastic, Mm. so amazing. But also that originally I was just very interested in this this story of Australia being uh, terra nullius. So to get uh, the backing and to get that understanding from people of this country of of Victorian um, perspectives, me not being an Indigenous person from this area, um, I was looking to get different cultural perspectives from different um, Aboriginal nations of Victoria to come on board and uh, Reuben Berg is, I guess I was very interested in the Indigenous Architecture and Design Victoria place book as well, telling us a bit about what did Victoria look like, what did Melbourne look like, um, the southeast of this state look like prior to colonial colonisation slash invasion, you know, whatever your perspective is. It's interesting you say that because it is, of course, taking place on Birinang Ma, which is 
a site of extreme significance and a site where they've trying to kind of recreate that that original original aspect. Was that a conscious decision to hold it at Birinang Mao or was it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's it's a significant site of coming together. Just uh, I guess mm. that whole area of land, like the MCG, mm. there are places that we meet on now. All of the town halls, mm. they're meeting places for us. And interestingly enough. The nations, the Kulin nations also had their AGMs there and their sort of pastoral, or maybe not pastoral, mm. but their sort of uh, farming meetings, their sporting meetings, their cultural um, collaborative international meetings there as well. Mm. So the Birurung Ma is um, the river of mists, mm. at the bank of the river of mists. So, mm. yeah, I chose that site um, for Federation Square at the Deacon Edge Theatre for that particular reason, but also because it's a, quite a spectacular um, theatre. And do you try and use that space in the in the talk at all? Is it sort of... Are there any of the guests kind of trying to incorporate it in any way in I'm the talk? I'm really excited to wait. Like, for oh. me, it's really just pulling together um, an opportunity for, for me and for our company and for our audience members to hear from First Nations. So if they choose to speak on that, absolutely fantastic. Um, I guess for us in the, the lead-up, it is that education, that cultural education. Why is the Yarra called the Yarra? Does anybody know? I don't. I'm, no, I'm shaking either, my no. head at the moment. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ashamed to say no. Yeah. no, no. Have a look. Google it. What no. does Yara Yara mean? It's interesting. It's, it's, yeah, I'll have to. I will definitely Google it. And it's and those are the sort of things. And it's, it's you're saying off air. You really want this to be an educative, an educative talk. You don't want this to be all about educating and looking to the future. Is that yeah, um, absolutely. That look, I I'm an Indigenous person. I'm an Aboriginal Australian. Um, and people say, oh, you're an Aboriginal Australian. Tell us about where you live. You live in Melbourne. That's not my country. So um, I can definitely, uh, I'm excited by all of the history. I'm excited by the naming of places. I'm excited by this country's native um, Indigenous flora. But um, this is an opportunity, I guess, for the audience to hear from people of Victoria about their land and about their people, about their what's happening now, what's happening right here in Melbourne. There are some pretty incredible things happening mm-hmm. in the history of the world right here in Melbourne. Mm. It certainly is. We are currently in conversation with Lenka Vanderboom, creative director of Sticks and Stones. You are listening to Arts Mitten here on Sin Nation. Here on Sin Nation with Arts Mitten with Lauren and Andrew. And we are joined also in the studio with Lenka Vanderboom, creative director of Sticks and Stones and also ensemble member from Melbourne Playback Theatre. Just before we went to that little musical interlude, we were discussing uh, Sticks and Stones and the event, I guess, as a whole, but we would love to hear more about Lenka and, and your background and how you got involved with Melbourne Playback Theatre Company. Going back even further than that, you are an Indigenous woman from Broome. Could you tell us more about your experiences of, of storytelling there and how that's perhaps influenced your artistic practice. Storytelling in Broome. Wow, there are so many incredible songwriters, storytellers, um, talents in Broome. There's Jimmy Chai, the Pigram Brothers. Uh, you should play some of their music. It's incredible. There's just so many talented young fellas coming up as well. Incredible. So for me, I think the storytelling aspect in my life comes from sitting with elders or older people of any race. Broome's a really multicultural little town. Um, I guess as a young, I was a, I was a, uh, an only child 
So I found myself hanging out in Chinatown, which is where I grew up. I grew up at the back of my mum's shop and I would often hang out with all the old people in the, in the little strip of Chinatown on Carnarvon Street, one of whom was uh, Mrs Pearl Tack. She's this beautiful Chinese lady, still uh, hopefully still around, <laughs> and lots of other lots of Chinese uh, people in my little town. So I'll just be. All of them were shopkeepers, so you'd just sort of be hanging around their shop, dusting for them, looking through their very old and dated Panadols from 1940. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, looking at their beautiful dresses, dresses that were hanging on the rack in their covers from, uh, made in the 40s, still hanging there waiting for someone to buy them. And I would dress up in those dresses as a nine-year-old and, yeah, so pretty fortunate life just living in quite a different world. Broome was sort of excluded from the white Australia policy um, because of the the incredible income that the national, I guess, Australia um, brought in from the pearling industry. So there were people in my family, people in throughout Broome, um, cooking up dishes that were a mixture of Malaysian and Aboriginal and, you know, you'd, you'd be having very beautiful festive events that such as the uh, festival of the pearl shinju matsuri this is a festival a japanese festival which is merged chinese uh sammy the dragon in it it's merged malaysian satay men walking around uh selling satays and delicious food uh, so storytelling is a sensory sort of uh, experience for me. It's food, it's culture, it's song, it's lanterns blowing in the wind. It's seasonal as well. In Broome, there are stories about the seasons that are coming. We've got a number of seasons, more than winter, summer, you know, autumn, spring. And they, the stories around those seasons bring in what is edible. Is it fish? Is it salmon? Is it magabala, bush banana? You know, so it's pretty exciting. Um, and I've read that your your childhood growing up listening to these different stories that sort of planted the seed for wanting to, to give back to your community in, in a creative sense and that you then attended WAPA and studied Indigenous theatre. What, what was that experience like? And then going from there to now performing here at the at the Melbourne Theatre Playback no, Melbourne Playback Theatre Company got my got my letters around <laughs> around the wrong way yeah i um i actually studied um at WAPA and it was my first introduction to playback theatre perth playback did a i think a series of workshops with with the with the cohort this the group of students um all of whom were aboriginal people from i think all, mostly all west australians uh, yeah, so I saw this playback theatre form of theatre, and um, I actually went on a, I went on a trip with Perth Playback to Curtin Base, and it was the first um, group of refugees that had come across. So this is in, this, I don't even remember. This is in two thousand and five or something ridiculous. Um, way back when I was young, <laughs> back, <laughs> back in the old days. Back in the days. <laughs> I, I wow. don't remember the year exactly, but it was when the the yeah, so I saw this playback performance and um, became involved uh, a little with playback through seeing storytelling, um, the playback theatre form, storytelling for people that were not English speakers and somehow this form of theatre was able to relay the emotions and the, the joys, the tragedies of this experience of horrific stories, you know, but also gloriously, gloriously beautiful memories and experiences of, of journeying to a land that was a lot safer. 
So, um, yeah, I was very grateful to have that experience and it kind of stuck with me for many years. Uh, it was definitely something I wanted to get involved in again, but just ended up detracting from my year. I did a year of, of theatre at Whopper and ended up going home and got a great opportunity to become a pearl technician. So I took off overseas for a couple of years and worked in Broome as a pearl technician and got swept away by that and swept away by having babies after that. And oh, my then, goodness. Um, soon after, um, uh, my little family relocated to Melbourne uh, and I bumped into a dear friend, Suri Bin Saad, who's this incredible talent. And he was like, come on, sis, come to this thing with me. They want more coloured people, or they want more. Um, they want more people that, you know, come and come and check out this playback theatre company. So I sort of got dragged along just to give him a bit of support, and was immediately struck by this professional company, this incredible ensemble. I think at the time it was about thirteen um, members, uh, all of whom were, you know, they're doing incredible things in their own rights. They're they're all very diverse, so um, and physically as well. So uh, I was just feeling very blessed to be a part of their warm-up process while Suri was sort of testing mm. out this this playback theatre sort of scene. And um, eventually, they actually asked that I just kept I just kept turning up with him. I was really <laughs> cheeky. Uh, yeah, eventually uh, we both got asked to audition with an, with another fellow, and um, we're all three of us incredibly fortunate to be invited to train for a year and just see if we fit the company so each of us um we all got to to train Ananth um Suri and myself yeah we got to become a part of the company eventually so now uh yeah the the company is a little bigger and a little bit more culturally diverse Mm -hmm. and um it's given us each an opportunity to sort of to use the form in different ways that we choose. There is that flexibility within the company and it's, it's facilitation. It's quite exciting. We've all learnt and developed our facilitation skills. We're, yeah, we're doing playback theatre skills workshops out there in community and soft skills as well, just teaching, I guess, translating and enabling people that are not the best public speakers but have these incredible ideas, whether mm. they're scientific or business, and just giving them the capacity to give a little spark of joy into their into their objectives into their their uh, funding submissions into their pitches to sort of shift this dry idea this quite boring little conversation that's just not reflecting how how I guess the opportunity that their invention or their business pitch um, could shift the world so that's exciting yeah those workshops um, are are, um, things that playback do for universities and corporations and just yeah youth groups yeah is there a particular story amongst those that you've that's really stood out to you particular person that you feel like you've helped that's kind of sticks in your mind well for me it's just that idea that a scientist or a creative a left brain sort of type of person Mm -hmm. could have this incredible life changing world changing invention Mm. and not be able to enable people to see its capacity mm. or to see it because they just simply don't have that ability to translate it into or to, to put their own personal story into it. 
mean, we hear of so many inventions that come just from people's personal experiences, like they're infused in it. So, yeah, so off the top of my mind, my stories, I guess one of them is from our the public show last year, Down Under, where a gentleman who had never told the story, he was a radio presenter, he'd never told the story of um, how he became a radio presenter and the baseline was he did it so that he could play the music of the stolen generation artists mm. and that was his way of telling his story of being a stolen generation mm. um, young fella or person. Mm. So I think all those beautiful little kooky stories that mm. are so rich and help us all to understand each other better. Um, yeah, there's lots of exciting little stories like that. Lenka, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this afternoon. Our Unfortunately, we do have to wrap up there, but could you tell our listeners where they can see Sticks and Stones? Absolutely. This Friday, the 27th of May, uh, doors open at 6pm at Deacon Edge Theatre at Fed Square. Uh, We've got info booths, we've got lots of native plant giveaways, we've got some books as well, so we'd love to see you there this Friday. That's fantastic. And before, before we go, we have... One last thing to ask of you. It is indeed the exquisite corpse contribution. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> Get to use those playback. Much anticipated. <laughs> the much anticipated. You can flex those oh. improv skills today. So you've just uh, built up how good a storyteller you are now. Exactly. Oh. Now we put the those pressure. <laughs> the pressure. Are, <laughs> so yeah. what happens in here is that I will read out the. Actually, no. Andrew will read out the previous line that was contributed by our previous guest last week. And whatever comes to mind after you hear this sentence, you just write. I will, yeah. I will scribe and, <laughs> and you speak. So I think, so. I think, yeah, it's my handwriting is illegible. Um, so the, the previous line that you uh, have to follow on from somewhere, you can take it anywhere you want, um, is never follow the road until you feel like going home. It's a very philosophical one. Never follow the road until you feel like going home. Never follow the road until... You feel like going you home. You feel like going home. Ha! 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 philosophical What? Oh, that was the beginning of my, my pitch. My, <laughs> of my story. I'll ch- right, here it is, people. She told me that. She told me that twice. Why was it? She didn't want to go home with me. Was this her excuse? That was fantastic. That was a great contribution. Thank you for making it. What was it again? Sorry, Lauren, can you... Um... She told me that. She told me that twice. Why was this she didn't want to go home with me? Why was it that? Why was it? Was it that? You have to, you have to sort of rewind and have a listen. If I have time, I will certainly <laughs> try. <laughs> All righty then. Lenka van der Boom, creator director of Sticks and Stones and ensemble member of Melbourne Playback Theatre Company. Thank you so much for joining us here on Art Smitten today with Andrew and Lauren.